I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. And I'm April, sex toy maven, VP of Hot Octopus, and I've dedicated my life to the business of sex. We're two people with a passion for educating and inspiring shame-free conversations about sex and relationships. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to ShamelessSex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, Use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, every booty. Ooh, that was good. Did you plan that? No. Because it was like perfect it for this episode. It was kind of premeditated. Well, what's this episode about, Chip? It is about hemorrhoids and painful sex and a lot of other things which isn't just related to the roids you know it's related to many different things uh painful sex can come from all things all shapes and forms for all bodies and bits um and so this episode with dr meredith brzezinski did i say it right you did and i just want to say in reference to this episode which we record a while back a few weeks ago I've thought about it in my daily life and I'm not going to say what, no, oh. <laughs> no, because I've never had hemorrhoids and knock. we both were knocking on wood before Just now. Yeah. Uh, because I'm grateful that I have not. And what I'm saying is we speak a lot about other things that have an effect on everyone anyone yeah. that has a bowel movement exactly so and also not just about butts we talk about vaginas and vulvas and penises and all kinds of things that could lead to sex being painful uncomfortable challenging uh, and ways to work with that remedy that whether that's with a physical therapist such as dr brzezinski here or on your own there's a lot of good tips and tricks in here she also by the way i think she didn't share this in the podcast episode but she sent us an email later on and she's actually said that kegel or kegel exercises i mean kegel kegel I don't I know, know, tomorrow. Tomorrow, that they can actually help as well um and i don't exactly we, we didn't that's like a whole another topic that we could talk about with painful sex and i don't know if they could help with hemorrhoids but more so with painful sex too as a whole another piece so we, she will be back on her show at some point probably in the fall or the winter well i just want to say for anyone out there who isn't having painful sex or it's not a regular thing and or has never dealt with hemorrhoids, this episode is still something that I would listen to because I don't have either of those things happening. However, I did benefit from a lot of the things we discussed. It was wildly important information that I, that's why I just mentioned to you. I've fucking been thinking about this episode. Every time you poop. Every time I poop. (laughs) And I'm like, also Meredith, why are you here in the bathroom with me? Don't tune up everyone. The other thing is our bodies change, right? So like maybe right now it's not a thing, but something could happen with your body and it could change. So this is useful information to know, or maybe you have a partner that has these issues um, and there's an array of them. So, but let's bring it to a lighter note about masturbation. Are you ready for a sex question, Chip? <laughs> of course I am. I only grazed the question. I did not dive in. It's so also a know. challenge around masturbation, so it's not necessarily that much lighter. But hey, y'all, you might you might relate. Okay, so but through the cracks is where the light gets in. Or that's not the question. <clears throat> How do you navigate time to masturbate when your significant other is home almost all the time? 
I am a 47-year-old vulva owner and have only done it in secret when my husband is not home, as well as if I know we won't be having sex that night or sometimes after sex if I didn't have an orgasm because it takes me a long time. I'm sick of hiding it. I want sex so much more than him, and I am frustrated because he turns me down, and then I get mad that I didn't take my opportunity earlier that day when I had the chance to masturbate on their own. And I don't know how to tell him I need me time for my own pleasure if I'm not going to get it from him, etc. How would you navigate this? Also, FYI, we've been together for 20 plus years and he does not masturbate. That she knows of. That she, yeah, that she knows of. Exactly. Yeah. Like, hmm. So it sounds like you've had a conversation about masturbation and you know that he doesn't masturbate, but he doesn't know that you masturbate. How do you know that he doesn't masturbate? He probably says, I don't masturbate. Maybe. I wonder if there's like some masturbation shame going on there. Maybe. And this is something that I can relate to in terms of how they don't share the masturbation stories or if he doesn't, perhaps he doesn't masturbate. That is some folks. But she knows don't. that still somehow, which is interesting to me. Right. But I used to, before I had shameless sex and a little bit more awareness about my own sexuality, I would do the same thing in private when I was alone in my now former partner, ex-husband wasn't home. I would masturbate or we'd have sex and then there would be some sort of, I don't know, he would, he would go off and do something and I'd be like in the shower, like with my sex toy. Yeah. And And he didn't know there wasn't, I I didn't want to tell him because I didn't ever want him to think something was wrong with him. However, it was a very private and personal thing for me because I'd always masturbated to orgasm. Mm. And so it wasn't anything about him. It was more about me. And I understand the privacy piece or wanting to do it alone. But the shower was my go-to. But it was about him because you, you just said, you don't want him to think there's anything wrong totally. with him, which is still like a, you're catering to someone else's emotions. So I have to hide this so you don't think that you're broken or not enough because I want pleasure for myself and you're not a part of it. That means that there's something wrong with you and I either need to hide it or not do it to cater to you, which is some degree of what this person's going through. And it sounds like y'all have, speaking this person, you haven't spoken to your partner about, hey, I like to masturbate. I like pleasure. I like orgasms. And they're dealing with a lot of rejection around sex too. And also hint, hint, uh, sometimes after sex, when I don't orgasm, I go and masturbate on my own. And I don't tell you these things. It's a very hard conversation to have with you. You've been, you've been together for 20 years and you feel like you have this big old secret that you haven't been sharing probably because of shame and these, I don't want this person to feel bad ideas, but it's happening. It's a part of you. It's your birthright. It's your pleasure. And just because they don't masturbate doesn't mean that you don't get to. Or that there's something wrong with masturbation. No. Yeah. And that'll be a hard barrier to overcome because if you have that many years of conditioning and it probably comes from a long time ago or also being with someone who's not down with it, it's not just an overnight thing like, oh, yeah, no, all of a sudden I'm comfortable talking to you about how I'm going to I'm still masturbate in front of you. It's probably going to take a lot more time. But step one, I would say, is talk to your partner about it. There's also frustration uh, on your part that when you have sex and you don't orgasm, my guess is they're orgasming and you're not. And not that sex, so we're talking about heterosexual sex, not that it always has to end in everyone having an orgasm, but I think a lot of heterosexual sex often almost always has the penis having an orgasm and sometimes hopefully and a lot of times the vulva does but if the vulva doesn't then like at least the penis got it and that's another topic of conversation 
to have too is, hey, if I don't orgasm, let's whip out my vibrator. I'm going to use my hands or can you use your hands on me or your mouth or I'm going to keep going because I would like more pleasure and I didn't get to the point that I would like just as you could too. You know, if we had sex and you orgasm, you're done, your pussy's tired and uh, your partner wants more pleasure, they can wank themselves totally to orgasm. They can use a hot octopus masturbator, the solo masturbator. It's fabulous vibrator. Uh, and you can use your hands or fabulous sex toys for yourself, but you need to have a conversation with this person and you clearly know about their masturbation lifestyle. So I'm curious why yours hasn't been shared yet. And I'm not shaming you, but it's, it's a conversation to have. It'll be a hard one. Well, the last piece of this that I want to address is the first sentence, which is how do you navigate time to masturbate when your significant other is home almost all of the time and that this person's 47 year old vulva owner and only does it in secret, which is something that can be difficult to navigate if they're always home. Maybe what you could do if there's something around masturbating openly, you could say, yo, this is what's going to happen. Private time. I'm going to have <laughs> private time. And when this door is closed, if it's the bathroom or office or wherever you like to participate in your self-pleasuring practice, just know, put a sock on the door. I don't know what the fuck people are doing these days, whatever you feel safe in. And just, you can have the conversation that you were talking about before this. And if there's still, if your penis owning partner is not into that, then you can just say, well, this is for me. And it's better for, for my own sexuality and my own sanity because I know that orgasms help me live longer and, and sleep better good. and it feels fucking good. Yeah. So that could be another way to address this conundrum. And if we're working on a harm reduction approach where you want an option C and you want to keep hiding it and not talk about it, the shower, like April said, great place for some me time. The water's running. There's plenty of wonderful waterproof vibrators on the market. Most of the, the best ones are actually now waterproof and water resistant. At least um, if you go to purepleasureshop.com, use coupon code ShamelessX, you get 15% off. Uh, any, any of the nicer toys on there that are made of high grade silicone that are over $50 generally are going to be some form of like waterproof or waterproof water resistant and then it's time for you we're big fans of talking about it and advocating for your sexual rights and pleasure and if you feel like you need to hide it then the shower is a great place yeah, that's a good one. Running good. water. Or a bathtub, draw a bath. Ooh. Ooh. Maybe just in your car, parked Ooh. outside in also, the garage. Also, I have. I forgot something in my car. In the garage. I'll be right back. I'm going to go back five times today. Yes, I am. <laughs> All right, are you ready for a bio? Yes, I am. Dr. Meredith Brzezinski is a pelvic health and orthopedic physical therapist. That's a mouthful. I was. It was. <laughs> located in Portland, Oregon. She also serves as the director of pelvic health for concierge physical therapy therapist, a nationwide company that prioritizes quality physical therapy services in the comfort of clients' homes. We bring physical therapy to you. <laughs> I love the way you <laughs> to you. <laughs> to you. <laughs> Meredith is passionate about educating the public on making pelvic health care more accessible. Is this Dr. Seuss? This kind of feels like Dr. Seuss. I like it. Teaching people that sex shouldn't hurt unless you want it to. Ooh. And that peeing your pants after having babies is not a mandatory part of parenthood. How many peas do we have? Okay. Just because something is common doesn't mean you have to live with it. To learn more, visit conciergephysicaltherapists.com. Ah. <laughs> 
Yeah, let's, let's move. push out our hemorrhoids. Yeah. Just kidding. No, we're not. We're, we're, we're talking about the roids here. That's why I was just yeah. being funny. With, with uh, further ado, <laughs> here we are uh, once again on Shameless Sex, interviewing another lovely human, Dr. Meredith Brzezinski. Did I say it right? Yes. All right. PT, DPT. We'll figure out what all those things mean. I know and- what DP is, but I need to know what DPT is. Oh, I don't think that's what she's referring to. I uh, know it's not. You're nasty. <laughs> nasty girl. Um, and we also talked about this in the bio. So you've already heard a little bit about uh, Dr. Meredith. Um, and so we're really focusing on painful sex, hemorrhoids. Uh, we've had a lot of questions. April, you said that you've had a number of friends act- actually asking about this. And while we've had little bits and pieces discussed in various episodes, we really haven't done a deep dive into this. And it won't just be about hemorrhoids is because painful sex is really common um, for all bits, but especially vulva owning individuals. So uh, before we dive into all that, uh, doctor, should we, we, should we go with Meredith, Dr. Meredith, Dr. Yeah, just Dr. Meredith. B. Can we call you Mayor? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Mayor. Hey, Mayor. She's like, right. nope, except yeah. that one. <laughs> so, Dr. Mayor, can you tell our listeners how you got to where you are today in the field of sexuality? Absolutely. So, I became a physical therapist about six years ago now, primarily because my grandmother had a stroke and I got to watch her go through all of her rehab. And the PTs were just the ones that were there. They like actually addressed her goals and really, really helped her. But then I, on a whim, took a pelvic floor course because there were two providers in my clinic and the other girl said, heck no, I'm not doing that. And I was like, I'll try it. I'll see. I'll give it a go. And I went to my first pelvic floor course and came back and was both so amazed, but also so frustrated that people don't have this information. I was like, how am I almost 30 years old? And I've never been taught how to poop. I didn't know what my poop was supposed to look like. I just thought sex could be painful and that's fine. So I left the course just feeling like I needed to share this with the world because people don't need to live in pain. They don't need to be ashamed of their sexuality. And so I have been working ever since trying to just spread the word about the importance of pelvic health care and try to make it more of a normal conversation because it really should be. I like how pooped already found its way in. Yeah, but I'm, but I'm like, always talking about poop. Yeah. But everyone poops. It's like, oh my God, everyone it does happen. Yeah, shit. And that's the everyone. thing. This, it's not a sexy topic when we talk about painful sex or hemorrhoids or shit. However, right. it's important because our our bodily processes, the way our body functions and knowing, learning the tools that could help you mitigate what's happening in your body so you can have better sex, you can have less pain in your sex, you can okay. figure out how to navigate hemorrhoids and sex. It's so important. So this topic isn't, it's not sexy right now. It will become sexy. So oh, stay yeah. tuned it and it can Just affect wait. you at any point <laughs> in your life. That's the thing. You might be listening Absolutely. and feel like right now it's not a thing for you. And for me, I painful sex hasn't been a thing. I haven't had hemorrhoids. I also do shit like hell other humans. So that's important. <laughs> but I hope so. health is an ongoing thing and it's fluid and it's changing. So this is why it's incredible to have you talk about this topic on our show. So people that are experiencing pain during sex, let's go to this note. Let's talk about actual penetrative sex where a vulva owner is uh, experiencing pain during penetration. And whether it's a penis, a dildo, doesn't matter. A finger, they're experiencing pain during penetrative sex. What are some of the most common causes of this thing? Absolutely. That is a great question. So there can be a wide variety of pelvic floor 
dysfunctions where people will get diagnoses with vulvodynia, vaginismus, like there's a lot of words out there. But what I like to explain to people just in the simplest form is that if you're experiencing any pain with insertion of anything, whether it's a tampon, whether it's a cup, whether it's a dildo, whether it's a penis, that's not what's supposed to be happening. And we can really dive into is the pain more superficial because that gives us more of an idea of you know, is it more the first layer of the pelvic floor? If it's deeper pain, then that gives us an idea of, is it just partner's anatomy and your anatomy doesn't quite match up? So there's also tools for that. And so I think understanding that pain should not occur with sex unless that's what you're into, which is awesome too. But if you're having unwanted pain during sex, whether there's any physical sensation with that, we should see a pelvic floor PT. Pain is such a complex beast. It's a brain, neuroscience, there's so much that we could go into when we think about pain. So we work with other providers like counselors and therapists and mental health specialists to help with that side of things too. Um, I'm not a mental health specialist. I see one, I don't claim to be, but we work with that part of the body because it's such a vulnerable area. So just understanding that no pain is normal unless you are choosing that choice and any physical pain can benefit from seeing a pelvic PT, getting an idea of what it looks like. And the other thing that I would say is that people get really weird about pelvic PT because they're like, she's going to touch my vagina. You know, they're just so scared. But the truth is, is that I have clients who've experienced trauma, who they're just not comfortable with that, whether it's their culture, whether whatever it is. And so I can teach them the tools to do it independently. I don't need to do an internal check if that's not right for the person. And a good quality pelvic PT will say the same thing. So mm-hmm. um, just make sure that you're finding someone that aligns with your values, whatever they are, and find someone who understands that pain shouldn't be part of the process. I think we're really trained, especially as vulva owners, like as soon as we have our cycle that it's supposed to be painful. We're supposed to like miss school and sleep on the couch for days. And so of course you're not surprised when you stick a tampon in and it hurts, but it shouldn't, you know, we can use a little Uber lube on the tampon. Yeah. Um, Uber also, lube. Yeah. I've got my little <laughs> bottle back here. Oh, nice. Oh girl. Um, if you ever need more, just let me know. We'll we send I, you a plethora of it. We will yeah, forever be your sponsor. You Uber lube. Yeah. I get, I get so much. We just filled a pinata with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. See everyone. It's that good. Yes. It's that Mm -hmm. good. You know, I think that just understanding that there's positional changes we can do when I teach younger people how to insert a tampon for the first time and have them do like a Captain Morgan stance because it just allows the pelvic floor to be more relaxed versus that weird like ogre thing we do on the toilet where we're like bent over and like, it's just, you know, there's easier ways to do things. So I'm what all is about- a Captain Morgan stance? It's the leg up, like the, leg the pirate up. with the leg up. Oh, oh my like God. That. I, thought that yes. old, I thought that was old Blackbeard stance. No, well, yeah. probably inspired by that. It's so funny when, when Meredith said that, I actually thought of you, but actually April's thing is release the Kraken, which is a different type of rum, but she'd be like, release mm. the Kraken. The Kraken stance. But instead we're talking about like an actual penetrative insertion position inspired by a rum called Captain Morgan's, which Love is it. awesome. It makes sense. He probably- he was a real captain. I, I hope so. And he probably knew a lot about how to penetrate in the right way. And how to put a tampoon in. <laughs> in the right position. April calls it a tampoon. Like, yeah. which makes sense with what you're saying. It's like, like throw a your tampoon like he was wailing yeah. and threw his harpoon at a, at a whale, yeah. which I don't condone, by the way. Back in the day, I wasn't there to condone whaling. <laughs> Super but sexy. nowadays, when you throw a tampoon up your vagina, it's like tampooning. Oh, my yes, God. Exactly. Yeah. 
which in <laughs> itself causes, we're talking about painful sex, right? And painful sex can come from mm -hmm. so many different things like sexual trauma, you know, non-consensual acts of sexual violence. Also just going to the gynecologist and having them put on some nasty jelly and, you know, childbirth gently yeah, shoving in the speculum, childbirth, um, the ways we mm -hmm. are putting in things in our own bodies, not advocating for our bodies. And as I say this, I want to also let the penis owners know y'all have your own version of this too. This isn't just like just vulva owners are the ones that are having all of the public floor issues. So um, I guess that, that'd be a question for you. And I have another question after that question, but do you, yeah. do you also work with non with penis owners too? Absolutely. Yeah. So most pelvic floor PTs are trained to work with all genders. We all have a pelvic floor. It's exactly the same. It's just arranged in different ways. We even have muscles that are called the exact same thing. So I think helping people understand that everyone has this. So it's not a pregnancy issue. It's not, you don't have to have a baby to have pelvic floor issues. And also that in order to have a happy, healthy pelvic floor, no matter what gender you are, it needs to be able to relax and lengthen with sex, poop, pee, and babies. Mm. So whether things are coming out or whether things are going in, your pelvic floor has to lengthen and relax. But unfortunately, our society teaches us that your pelvic floor should be tight and strong and perfect and you know, perky or whatever, you know, tight is the word that people ask me. They're like, I just had a baby. I don't feel like it's as tight as it was before. But if I assess a tight pelvic floor in terms of true hypertonicity of the musculature, that's a problem, you know? Yeah. Um, and so the way I think about the pelvic floor is like a trampoline diaphragm is a trampoline on top. Pelvic floor is a trampoline on the bottom. We need them to both move up and down you can think of it like an elevator. People have different, you know, cues for it. But I think just understanding that your pelvic floor should move. And if you're able to relax your pelvic floor all the way, then your Kegel is going to be 10 times as strong because you're going to be able to lift it up all the way. Mm -hmm. So when I assess somebody who has a tight dysfunctional pelvic floor, they can squeeze me because they practice Kegels at a stoplight like a million times. They're just like squeezing, squeezing. So they can squeeze, but there's no actual range of motion change they're just mm. squeezing. And so it's kind of like, if you just held your arm like this all day, it's like, then you wouldn't really have a strong bicep. You would just have a weird arm. So we need our pelvic floor to both lengthen and contract in order for us to have a strong, tight, healthy, happy. So I think tight's just a weird word, but healthy, happy pelvic floor can both go down and come up. I think tight was designed for the patriarchy. Sorry, sorry, haters yep. who hate when we say that, but just designed. Let's get rid of that. Just, you know, toy, a, a, like a toy, -ga? toy, like a toy, -ga, <laughs> like a penis wanting to feel like really well gripped around. If it's not, mm -hmm. then there's something wrong with the vulva and not with the penis. Right. Like this is a mutual discussion, conversation, experience. And yeah, different, there's different bodies and different shapes and sizes. And as Susan Bratton used to say that, like, you know, you have a really big pot, big cock. Maybe you're not supposed to be with someone who has a really tight pussy. And that's what Meredith, Dr. Meredith was speaking to anatomy. Sometimes yeah. the yeah. anatomy alignment, the anato anatomical alignment between two bodies may not be specifically designed mm -hmm. to be within each other. I've had that experience myself where a cock was just too large for my vagina. Not that it was too tight. My vagina is not too shallow, but for that particular cock, it just was not the right size. Sex toys. I could say the same thing to some sex toys. Oh, yeah. Where I'm like, no, that's not meant for my body. Too much. For penis owners, if that is an issue that you're having with partners, um, have you guys heard of the O-nut? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's so that little it is, spongy thing that goes on the base of the cock. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it looks kind of like a cock ring, but it's not designed to be like that. It's meant to just, and there's different levels, but basically you can just put it on the base of your penis so that you're not inserting as deep for your partner. And I've had a lot of patients who've used them and they don't like neither the penis owner or the vulva owner reports less satisfaction because you're still, you know, if we think about the anatomy of the penis, like the sensation and the, you know, all the nerves are at the top. So we're not necessarily missing out if we're not getting all the way, you know, to the base. That's a newer invention, by the way, because when I was having sex with this large penis owner, that didn't exist. And I thought about that. So great recommendation. It's such a great thing. It it completely is. And it's stackable. So you can kind of choose, as you mentioned, exactly what the amount you want inserted. There's a possible chance. I'm not finding out for sure, but we might have it at purepleasureshop.com, which is the sex shop I own with my mom. And if we don't, we will, we'll get it there. So go check out purepleasureshop.com. Use coupon code shameless sex. You get 15% off. And, uh, well, hopefully we have the O net and, uh, I think it's, is it O H and then N U G net. Okay. Yeah. And if not, we'll, we'll get it in there and uh, well, otherwise we have all the other toys you want too. but, um, yeah, Yeah. I've heard really, really great things about that. So yeah. So, okay. So on that same note, because we're talking, and this could be for vulva owners, penis owners, et cetera. So I obviously what would be really nice is I'm having some issues. Let me go see a pelvic floor therapist. And mm-hmm. also for some people that the accessibility might be a thing, scheduling finances, et cetera. So That's while cool. we still want to advocate for that, and we'll tell everyone how to, at the end of how to find you and how to, how to pursue that work. But what are some other things that people can do right now, like applicable tools if they're experiencing painful sex? And we'll get to the hemorrhoid thing after this, um, but more so about like the painful penetration stuff, whether it's penises or vulvas or Mm -hmm. all the in-betweens. Absolutely. So, you know, number one, for any sexual encounter, I want people using lubrication. And there's a number of reasons for that. One is that, you know, it's going to protect the vaginal mucosa. It's going to make the experience more enjoyable for everyone. Lubrication is great. And so finding a good lubrication is going to help everybody in the situation. And I really enjoy people to, and I encourage people to be able to use it every time because then if you're not feeling as excited or your lubrication is not on par with your excitement, then it just makes it easier for you to be able to have it there every time. It's just part of the routine. It's not a new thing that you're adding when things are not working as well as you want them to. So good lube. Uber lube is probably my all-time favorite. Slippery stuff is a water-based lube that I like. And then Go Love CBD is a CBD lube that I encourage patients to use a lot because sometimes, especially after childbirth or any trauma, they'll have just one area that's like super sensitive. And because of all of the nerves in the pelvic floor, it's just very, very sensitive and all of that. So we can put just a little bit of that on there and then use Uber lube for the rest. Um, you know, it's a little bit pricier because it's a CBD lube, but you don't need a lot to, to have a good experience. So good lube is all time. Number one, the second Mm -hmm. thing that I like to tell people is you really have to be in kind of a relaxed, both physical position, but also a mindset, you know, you have to be in a place where you can be ready for that. And so especially with, I work with a lot of parents because I work with a lot of moms and I have them do something as simple as like put a pair of earrings in or like put a dress on or just switch out of being, you know, caregiver all day long. Do one thing that's about you. It has nothing to do with your partner. You're not putting on your partner's favorite lingerie or, you know, your whatever. You're doing something for you that feels really good. You're like, okay, when I put these earrings on, like here I am. 
And so you're doing that. And that really, really helps get your mindset in the right place. Music, whatever, candles, like there's a lot of options. Number three would be positions. So if your body is like having to hold itself in like a really awkward flamingo pose, you're not going to be able to relax your pelvic floor. If your butt is working, it's really hard to relax your pelvic floor. So I encourage people, especially if they're, you know, getting back into it after having a painful experience to go really slow, treat it like an adventure, not a destination. So there's no actual expectation of orgasm for either partner. We're just kind of like going for a trip and we're going to see where we land up. Then positioning with pillows. So using support pillows, you can just use your own pillows in your bed, you know, being in a spread eagle position with your, like a butterfly. If your adductor, your groin muscles are really tight, your pelvic floor is not going to relax like that. Mm -hmm. And I show people that all the time on my table because we'll be doing an internal exam and they're like holding their leg up and it's like starting to shake. And I'm like, okay, relax your leg. And their pelvic floor is like, ah, thank you. So just knowing that we're, everything is connected. The other thing I teach partners to do is I will have them put their hands on their partner's belly. So say they're having like some front pelvic floor pain or like hurts in the front. I'll have them put their hands on the partner's belly and the partner, could, like the person can do that themselves too, but just kind of push the belly down, just even just push the skin down towards the pelvic floor. And that just slacks those tissues, that fascia so that we can get more movement lower. You can do the same thing with your groin muscles. Um, sometimes just deep pressure feels really good. So I'll have people like really hold the back of their partner's back. Um, but there's not a single patient I've treated with pink intercourse where I don't have a session with the partner and the patient because the patient needs to know that it's not their fault. It's not their burden to carry. Sex takes, well, not always takes two, but in this case, sometimes three, four, people. five, who knows? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, we need it to be a joint thing that they're working on together. And that often lifts such a burden off the person that's in front of me that they're like, oh, thank you for giving me permission to share this load because this is really hard. Like it sucks to have painful sex. Mm -hmm. But if you can find a provider that's going to work with you guys together, um, or just you, if, if your goal is to have painful sex and you don't have a partner, working with you to understand your own anatomy, to understand your own body, what works for you, that can make all the difference. So there's lots of touch that we can do, but deep pressure is really calming to our nervous system. So sometimes that in of itself um, can really help the pelvic floor calm down. And if you all want to check out those pillows, the liberator yeah. pillows oh, too, yeah. also at purepleasureshop.com. Yeah, the wedge and the ramp. And Absolutely. yeah, you can use regular pillows at home too, but I, I love my ramp. This podcast is made possible by Manscaped. Attention everyone, are you ready to be blown away? Hold on to your fur because Manscaped just relaunched the Ultra Smooth Package, the ultimate in shaving care for down there. Let me tell you, getting a smooth shave free of ingrown hair can be a real pain no matter if you're rocking a bikini or board shorts. That's why you have to check out my go-to shaving kit that's designed to help you buff, protect, and give you a smooth shave in your most sensitive areas. And you get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with code SHAMELESS. You know we love tips and tricks. And with the Ultra Smooth Package, you're just four steps away from some seriously smooth skin. First, get those loose hairs out of the way with the Lawnmower 4.0. Next, exfoliate those ingrowns with the Crop Exfoliator. Then add a little shaving gel to ensure your shave is superb. Finish it all off with their specialized shaver that pivots 
better than a basketball player. Trust me, it's like a spa day for your skin. And right now, get 20% off plus free shipping with code SHAMELESS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with code SHAMELESS at manscaped.com. Get smooth with the relaunch ultra smooth package from your friends at Manscaped. That's what I'm talking about. This podcast is free to you because of another one of our handpicked sponsors, Like a Kitten. Enter April and I, calling each other about all the sexy things we are going to do together tonight. Spring, 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 spring. Yellow. Magenta. Red. Pink. That's right, everyone. We just hung up the phone and spring has sprung, and it's time to reawaken your sex life with Like a Kitten Spring Box. Like a Kitten offers subscription gift boxes that ship right to your door and have all the ingredients you need to spice up your sex life with more pleasure. Spring is about new beginnings, and Like a Kitten's box of goodies has you covered, and it's only $79. And that's a deal when some of the products retail for twice that price. Like a Kitten is here to keep you titillated with this spring box. I loved taking a bath in the melting rose petals and I can't get enough of the nipple stem products. Guess what? To help you celebrate spring, Like a Kitten is offering our listeners 15% off and free shipping when you go to likeakitten.com shameless or enter code shameless at checkout. Just go to likeakitten.com shameless or use code shameless to get 15% off these incredible boxes. Likeakitten.com shameless. The link is in the episode's description. All right, back to the show. I want to move into hemorrhoids for sure. And before we get to hemorrhoids, because this is a question that uh, can pertain to Mm -hmm. a lot of people, folks out there, we've been talking a lot about tightness and that's important because I've had a lot of of friends and I've been in the sex toy industry for uh, many years. And I used to see the value in Kegel balls and putting those in. However, what happens is a lot of folks don't realize that there's almost like this, um, it's almost like a spasm that your pelvic floor is doing from squeezing so much and the pelvic floor balls, those Kegel balls aren't what you need. But when you are having, and I don't want to say the, the, the pelvic floor is weaker. Let's say the pelvic floor is weaker. That particular situation, you can benefit from using different elements like Kegel balls, right? Doctor, you're, you're the expert. So I want to, I want to check in with you on this. So my question is for those folks that aren't experiencing maybe their sex isn't painful. However, they're getting incontinence, leaky bladder, or they're sneezing and peeing, or their pussy has changed a little bit. And this could also go for penis owners, depending on their circumstances. Uh, would you recommend seeing a pelvic floor specialist as well? And then perhaps using elements like the Kegel balls that are out there, or are there other avenues that they could explore as well? Absolutely. So it's really hard to know what someone's pelvic floor is doing without an assessment. Um, People ask me all the time, they're like, well, what do you think? And it's like, well, I can assume based on this information you're giving me, but I am a believer and a practitioner that needs to check, you know, like you're, when you have strep throat, they do a test like that. We're doing the same thing. So I really believe that anyone who has leakage, any, let's just say bowel bladder sexual dysfunction, whether it's pain, whether it's leakage, whether it's, you know, sometimes people pee during sex and they're like, is that okay? Am I supposed to do that? Am I not? If they're having any issue like that, seeing a pelvic floor PT will just allow you to get an assessment and understanding because what we used to think was that incontinence only happened when things were like really loose and stretched out. But 95% of the people that I treat with incontinence are too hypertonic. So they're too tight and they can't relax. So if a muscle, you can imagine if my bicep was like stuck like this, 
then you try to have me carry a box and I'm like, it's so tired. It's been working all day long. It's exhausted. And we just also have a length strength relationship with musculature. So if it can't relax fully, it's not going to be able to contract fully. And so then you get that big pressure sensation of a cough or a sneeze or a laugh or a jump and your pelvic floor fails because it's like, I'm freaking tired, lady. Stop doing things to me. And the one thing I'll say about, and this is more female identifying people, but it does happen with other people as well. But when we're trying to squeeze our tummies in and stuck our butts in and like clench our butt and look perfect all the time, our pelvic floor is turned on all day long when it doesn't need to be. And so then we cough, sneeze, jump, laugh, try trampoline, and we pee ourselves. And so we have to embrace that we have to let our bellies be big and sometimes bloated and like not the cutest, have to relax our butts. You will see mom posture where they're carrying a baby and their just butt is totally tucked under. And that's 100% a sign of pelvic floor dysfunction because their butt, if your butt's clenched, if your belly's sucked in, you're clenching your pelvic floor. And then when you get a load, like a movement or activity or a pressure or sneeze, your pelvic floor is going to fail. So I think the length piece is so important. And so Kegels are really great in that they can help us understand where are we on that elevator? Are we on the bottom floor? Can we go to the top? Can we come back down? Because we need to be able to do all of that. When we add weights, we can really strengthen and hypertrophy the muscle. Kind of like if I was just doing a band bicep curl forever, like I probably wouldn't actually get a bicep. But if I really lifted like a 15 or 20 pound, I could really get some guns on me. So that's the same thing. We can hypertrophy. And so we use Kegel weights and biofeedback and stuff like that, especially with older populations, because they start to have muscle atrophy. So they literally have thinning of the vaginal walls. They get prolapse, they get more incontinence. So we can definitely build hypertrophy or bigger muscles with Kegel weights. But for the most part, if someone is squeezing their pelvic floor all day, we add a weight in there, they're just going to be working even harder and it's probably going to make their symptoms worse. So the bottom line is if you're doing Kegels, if you're doing Kegel weights and it's not making things better, then I would see somebody. It could be making it better for you. It really depends. And then the other piece is that, you know, a lot of people can have tightness without having pain. We get to a point of tightness that then causes pain. But I assess a lot of pelvic floors where I can sense that there's tone and tension and resistance, but they don't actually have pain. Pain will mm-hmm. come later if they don't get treatment and things like that. So know so that you're talking about like, you like preventative measures. Like you're like, this is like the before step where like, if you keep exactly. down this route, we're beyond preventative. And now we're actually having to do exactly. the on the problem. So, Right. So four tips. This is just a really, really quick tip for everybody. When you breathe, your pelvic floor is going to move. So when we breathe in, both our diaphragm and the pelvic floor, the two trampolines are going to go down. And as we exhale, they're going to come back up. So practicing belly breathing, practicing diaphragmatic breathing in like a child's pose or happy baby or a goblet squat, a deep squat, that is one of the best things you can do for your pelvic floor. So I try to implement it into my day. When I feed my dogs, I'm in a deep squat. I do like three breaths. You know, we don't have time to be like laying on the floor all day and breathing. Like nobody has time for that. So 
just fit it into your day, find three seconds to take three deep breaths. And that is a huge, huge help for your pelvic floor. This is also good for penis owners because I have friends that have penises that do the, mm -hmm. I don't like to call it the goddess squat for them. They call it like the horseman squat is what I've, I've heard mm -hmm. it called where it's basically doing you're, the same function. You're like trying to get your genitals as low to the ground yes. with your legs and wide, you're holding but you're still, mm -hmm. you're still standing exactly. on your feet. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So whether you, whatever genitals yeah. you're rocking, this is a, this is a position mm -hmm. that pretend you're shitting in a hole in India, which I've done before. Amy's done before. That's Thailand, same like thing. Yeah. Thailand. Uh, that, so it's sort of like that, but you, nothing has to come out of your, your butthole. Yeah. Well, I, and I've heard this in other terms too, of like the way of, it's almost like a deeper connection with the earth too. And we're not trying to get two gems and crystals, but like, yeah, there's like a deep releasing and that might feel awkward. We're like, oh, wow, I'm just like really opening up my genitals up towards the ground as much as possible. But it's actually, I've, I found it really powerful. Found it really powerful. Yeah. 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 And just to really touch on the hemorrhoids part to go to the poop part. Yeah, let's go to the it's, hemorrhoids. Let's dive into hemorrhoids. So hemorrhoids just with, yeah, poop in general. So we like as much as, you know, grounding yourself and like deep breathing and all sounds really nice and can feel good for you. If you're not into that, there's an anatomical reason why we're doing this, both the trampolines. So we're getting the breath movement of the pelvic floor, but also we have a muscle that wraps around our rectum. It's basically like a slingshot. So here's our little rectum. And it causes our rectum to be in a bent position, which is really good because we don't leak poop very often and people mm -hmm. hate leaking poop. So that's great. But when we sit on a toilet and we're just sitting straight up and down and we're trying to poop and we're trying to like strain and push our poop out because that's what we've been taught, that muscle is still wrapped around. So your rectum is like this and your poo literally has to go around the corner and then come down. It's like a maze. So, exactly. <laughs> and it's hard. It's hard to create that pressure, especially if you're having constipation, dry stools, or if you're having loose stools, both are really hard to push out because you have to make more pressure and pressure is the thing that causes and strain can cause hemorrhoids. So for anybody with a pelvic floor, which is everyone should have a squatty potty in their home that they can use, or they should be able to like put their feet up on the bathtub if they have a small bathroom, whatever it is. But the squatty potty, what it does is it gets knees higher than hips rectum goes straight. So poo can just fall straight down. We don't even have to push or strain or anything. So mm -hmm. there's an anatomical reason for why people are squatting to poop. And it's exactly the same thing. It helps the pelvic floor relax. So when you do that deep goblet squat and you do your three breaths, that's just helping the pelvic floor relax. Here we are over in the Western world. being like, we're so advanced with our nine inch toilets. Look at us. Yeah. Kidding, right? Look at us, but we have and constipation getting, issues yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And then over the, you go to India and we're like, oh my God, I have to squat over this thing. Be like, wow, it comes out so quickly. Or like when I go backpacking and don't worry, everyone, I bring the shovel, I dig a hole, I bury it. I do the whole thing. I, I pack my teepee. I'm doing that whole environmental thing, but I love pooping out in the woods. And because also my body naturally gets that posture of, I know this is, uh, we're talking about poopy, but we're talking about hemorrhoids. You know, it's like that, the actual yeah. posture that um, actually allows things to move the way as they should, um, which in turn, I think, so I guess that would be a question for you about hemorrhoids. Um, the main reasons why people have hemorrhoids, one is the straining with constipation, childbirth, I know can cause this too. Um, so I guess this will be a two part pushing question. Pushing out hard poops. Pushing out hard poops, yeah. especially in these raw, these positions that aren't the most helpful. Um, so for folks who have hemorrhoids, you know, can they still enjoy anal sex? And if so, what are some of the ways to make it 
pleasurable. And how do you know when you have hemorrhoids? Because I've had people ask me, and I'm like, I don't want to look at your butthole. I will, but I'm <laughs> I'll not look a at it. Send them to uh, me. Call Dr. Meredith. Yeah, send them to Meredith. Yeah. yeah, send them to Meredith, actually. <laughs> okay. I have patients who they tell me that their doctor didn't actually look at their. They're like, they didn't look at my hemorrhoids because they didn't actually have me spread my cheeks. So they'll bend over for me and spread the cheeks. I can really see them. So I assess hemorrhoids in a laying down on your belly position so that the butt actually moves out of the way so we can actually see what's happening. And the thing is, is that hemorrhoids can be too thick. They're veins. They're enlarged, inflamed veins of your bum area that can either be internal or external. So if they're internal, you won't see them but they often, and sometimes they're painless. It just depends. Um, but you may have a harder time passing stool. You may not have a long sausage log of a stool, but stool consistency is one of the most important things to help healthy, happy pelvic floor. So squatty potty is number one, stool consistency is number two. So if you are too dry and hard, constipated little deer pellets in the toilet every day, then it's really hard to pass those out. And if you're on the really wet side, diarrhea side, it's really hard. So there's ways that we can change diet. We can add supplements. We can just drink enough water. Like there's a lot of options, but that's something you can talk to a pelvic PT about. That's something you can talk to your doctor about nutritionist, but it should be a long sausage log most of the time. Sometimes we talk about, and then it's like, oh, who knows, but we can just try our best to get that consistency that will help prevent the hemorrhoids from flaring up. So hemorrhoids can kind of flare at different times because you had a hard stool or because you were straining. So if you're in a good position on the toilet, you don't have a hard stool, that's going to help. If you have the external hemorrhoids, you can see them. They might not look great to you. You can get them removed surgically if you want to. But most of the time, if you do conservative treatment, um, whether it's with a colorectal special, specialist or with a pelvic PT, we can release the external anal sphincter so it just has enough movement. And that's something I teach my patients to do before bowel movement. So they literally like lube up their sweet little thumb. You don't need any tools. You've got it on your hand. You stick it in there and you just gently press around and give that external anal sphincter a stretch. And I'm only going in like that much. And She's, that's that, about an inch on her finger. Yeah, y'all, if yeah just the it. first knuckle on my thumb. Well lubed, um, trim nails. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you can see my yeah. nails are very short. I'm a, yeah. I'm a PT, pelvic PT. But no, but you just are inserting in just enough to release that. And people can do that before bowel movements. And sometimes the external hemorrhoids will actually kind of retreat back in if we treat them. So hemorrhoids are not like a forever thing. A lot of times people get them flared up and then they go away. And then they flare up again because they're just swollen veins. So if you're seeing anything external, um, one is to look at it. You know, I have all of my patients take pictures down there, look, do an exploration time where they're just in front of a mirror. But the thing is, especially if you're having a baby, if you've never looked at your pelvic floor, you're going to be terrified to look at it after, you know, so just know your own anatomy, whoever you are, whatever gender you are, understand your body so that if something isn't right, you know, what's not working. You know, if you've never looked down there, then when you go to the doctor and they're like, well, is this your normal? You're like, I don't know. Um, penis owners have it a little bit easier because it's easier to see their external genitalia, but we have enough technology and mirrors and all the things to be able to get a good idea of what's happening down there. And if you know you're normal, then you can know if something is coming back up. Other tips for hemorrhoids are 
tuck swipes. So tuck swipes are just these that come in a little circle thing, but they're just witch hazel wipes. So you could also just buy witch hazel and put it on a cotton pad. But it's just kind of a dry, a little bit of a drying agent. And you can just tap it on. You want to tap it. You don't want to rub. And then just avoiding too much wiping. You know, we as Americans are like, wrap our whole hand in toilet paper and then like, like get a Wipe bidet is like, like bidets would be more helpful. Bidets are great. Yeah. They bidets have the great. toilet top bidets. My yeah, uh, attachment. My housemate that lives in the same property has one, and they're amazing. They have they plug in, so you have to have an outlet near yeah. your toilet seat, and they dry. You actually use less toilet paper, and yes. then you can uh, they deodorize, which I'm not into. Yeah. However, they do have a fan, so it's not the old Ooh, school bidets fun. from from France, circa 1800. Yeah. It's actually one that is a little bit more tech. And they have them at Costco, and and, and I think they yeah. are kind of like four. This is advertisement not sponsored by Costco. This brought to you by Costco. <laughs> tushy Tushy bidet uh, plate is like a, just an attachment one you can get, and they're only like seventy, maybe a hundred dollars. I don't know, but they're not bad. Um, but yeah, bidets can really help, and then just understanding that we want to avoid pressure situations, so not holding our breath when we pick up our kids or we wrestle or we you know, weight lift or whatever we're doing. Um, it's amazing. It stabilizes you. It helps you build strength. And so we hold our breath and that pressure goes straight down onto your pelvic floor. And then you get more hemorrhoids, straining on the toilet, more hemorrhoids. So understanding that it's probably due to a past, you know, toileting habit that you had, but that can change. Um, I always tell people a poop should be like meditative. Like you should be like in your zone. You've got your squatty potty. You're just breathing and the poo, if you've got good stool consistency, it's just going to like magically land in the toilet and then you're going to go on with your day. It shouldn't what, be like, what about like this? Okay. Time for a quick break. This podcast is free to you because of our amazing sponsors like Uberlube. Uberlube is a luxurious silicone lubricant that can enhance your sex and intimacy. Uberlube's unique formula is velvety, long lasting with no flavor or scent. And it feels absolutely incredible on the body. There are thousands of doctors recommending Uberlube to their patients because it's less likely to throw off your pH than most other lubes. So whether you want to make your hot sex even hotter, or you want to prevent dryness, take our advice and check out our favorite go-to, Uberlube. Uberlube isn't just for sex. I use it for massage, to tame my frizzy hair, to prevent chafing, even for oral sex sessions. I love how it comes in a beautiful bottle with a pump top for easy access, appearing more like a cosmetic product so you can leave it on your nightstand shamelessly. Uberlube is without a doubt my favorite lube and countless listeners agree, often stating, we never knew lube could be this good. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com. Use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by omgs.com. OMGS combines scientific research of real vulva owners so you can learn shame-free techniques on how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied 20,000 plus people of all ages and turned the research into animated modules, short videos, and beautiful infographics that are tasteful and easy to understand. Whether you want to learn about external pleasure, internal stimulation, or techniques with toys, OMGS can help you master vulva pleasure. 
Let me tell you, I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it's been changing their lives because knowledge really can activate your pleasure power. OMGS is for anyone who cares about vulva pleasure and wants to take it to the next level. OMGS can help you become a sexual strategist by equipping you with the tools you need to unlock your pleasure potential. Plus, your OMGS purchase helps fund more pleasure research. OMG, that's great. Only pay once and these techniques are yours forever. That's right. This is not a subscription service and you don't need to download a thing. So go to omgs.com shameless to get 10% off when you purchase any OMGS season. Again, go to omgs.com shameless to get 10% off right now. Time to pursue your pleasure. And now back to the show. What about like those, also like those poops that are like, oh, that felt so good. Like yeah, those ones too. Then, what just, about the non-wiping poops? Oh, the queen. Oh, queen yeah. Queen's, yeah. Queen's wipe. That's, that's good. Yeah. That's yeah. a magic. Yeah. That's like yeah. good gut biome. That's a real <laughs> right? rarity for this one. Sex right here. and poop, everyone. Right? There's a lot of diet stuff to change it. So just understand where you are. You can look up the Bristol stool chart. It's like pictures of poop. You want to be right in the middle. Type four. Cartoons or actual pictures? No, just All cartoons. The- yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was like, I'll, yeah. okay. Okay, good. I was like, I'll do better with like, costumes. Uh, I don't like, need to see it's people. It's like when you show. look yeah. up like herpes or something, you're like, oh my God, why did mm-hmm. I do that? It's like shows you the worst yeah. outbreaks right. possible. Look, man, this is so much, so much useful information. So just before we ask you this last question, which April will invite you to share more about yourself, I just wanted to clarify. So people can have enjoyable anal sex or through penetration, touch, et cetera. And there's these other things to take into account that can be healing processes before you go down that route or, um, or, you know, or during, and I imagine a lot of slowness and gentleness and things, but and it's would not the thumb completely- trick help with anal sex too, for folks. Absolutely. That have Absolutely. Okay. I know you guys have talked about bearing down before with anal on the podcast. And just so you know, a bearing down is a forced lengthening of the pelvic floor. So that's why it helps. We don't want to be doing a lot of bearing down, like on a day to day, like, you know, cause that's, it can cause straining and more of the same issues, but uh, just a gentle, while you're doing an exhale, bearing down will allow the pelvic floor and the rectum to open up. So when I do rectal exams, I do the same thing. I say, okay, you're going to gently bear down on an exhale. We're just going to slide our finger in and Anal rectal exams are really not comfortable for most people because they're usually getting it because they're having some kind of pain. But once we get past that external anal sphincter and we release all of that, so just the first knuckle of your thumb inside and pushing in all the directions, you'll find that there's an area of tension on one spot. You're just going to hold on to it and you're going to breathe, take yourself to your happy place. You could even do a Kegel and relax it. And then you just let it go. And then you should have nicer poop. You should have better anal sex. You should have less hemorrhoid issues because if you have hemorrhoids, again, they can reduce. So if we treat it, they might retreat back in mm-hmm. and then we have less issues. So do you, do you recommend topicals that are the over, over the counter topicals to help, to help with that? Yeah. So okay. there are a couple Anusol is one preparation age. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different things. Um, I would, you know, as a PT, I'm not allowed to recommend any specific things. So I, give are people- they more numbing? Is that what they do? Are they more a numbing agent or are they, yeah. So they help with pain. Mm-hmm. So don't use those before anal sex. So, everyone. Yeah, for us, like we really do. We, so we like, you know, we worked in sex shops and so we mm-hmm. really don't stand by taking like, you know, a bre- a mouth spray that will numb your throat for oral sex or an right. anal something that will numb your ass 
ask for anal sex because now you're bypassing the actual messages in your body. But for pain, mm-hmm. if you're experiencing pain with hemorrhoids, it may be a topical treatment. Yeah. I, I guess you. as long as you can still feel the yeses and nos and I need to slow yes. down, then that yes. would make sense. And there's also lubrication. Desert Harvest has a lubrication with like 4% lidocaine in it that we can use um, because it's just over the counter. It's not like a prescription that we can use for for that kind of stuff. I tend to clinically use CBD lube um, if I have someone with pain and that's usually enough. And then we're able to just release everything that's tight and then they feel better. But it's amazing how we can carry so much tension in the front of our pelvic floor. So if you're seeing a pelvic floor PT for bowel stuff, that doesn't mean they're going to do a rectal exam. It's only if we treat everything in the front vaginally, and then we still aren't getting what we need that we would do the rectal exam. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had a lady, she's been having painful bowel movements for nine months. Her naturopath thought she had a parasite. It was like crazy. All we did was release her pelvic floor through her vagina. And she she texted me and said, I had the best pain-free bowel movement. Just it was, it was as soon as you left. It was amazing. Awesome. <laughs> Those are the texts that I get. Like I inserted a tampon and it didn't hurt. And then they're like, but, wait, is this Meredith? Yeah, this is amazing though. This is just like such simple things. Like no one's who's teaching this in like your health ed class or, or even like, yeah, it's just not really yeah. having even your, your GP, you know, going to your, your, your daily doctor that you see, they're not checking in. Like, so your bowels, your poops, your hemorrhoids, you know, how you're and, like, and, take stool and, softeners. And, and granted, like, like <laughs> I mean, I've had a uh, shout out to Remy Paye, who has been on our show, my nurse practitioner, who actually is not going to be mine because she's moving on to greener pastures, but love her to death. She, did an STI STD episode that's been monumental and she does a really in-depth check with those things those things and there's a reason why we have professionals with all these areas right some people have a you know a general a GP and then they go see a pelvic not horse specialist a pelvic floor specialist and then a sex therapist and you (laughs) because you have your whole team of healers and so that's that's important and I yeah I really love what you have to share so I'm gonna let you bring on so thank you for letting me she's so sweet (laughs) so in closing uh for all of those folks listening out there, even if whether you have pelvic floor issues or you don't know if you do, or you want to be preventative and, or you're having these bowel movements that are painful and, or you had a a child and things aren't functioning differently than they were before. Learn your anatomy. I learned about that from you, Dr. Meredith. Also go to the folks like Amy was speaking to that have specializations in these fields that are experts that can give you an assessment. You can give yourself the the assessment. And if you want to work with someone like Dr. Meredith Brzezinski, I want you to tell everyone where you are, because I think most of these things have to be in person, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Um, But what are your other offerings, your websites and any social links or any, anywhere that people can go to find more resources about these topics that we spoke to? Absolutely. So first, with me, I'm in Portland, Oregon, and I treat actually in homes. So I do all of my sessions in my patients' homes. And so I'm fully mobile. I take my car, my table, my sheets, my lube, all that stuff. And I come to you. Um, and a lot of it is because I, I do work with a lot of parents and they're busy. They don't have time. And so being able to just have that hour slot where it's just me in their house for an hour, then I leave. They don't have to get a babysitter, all of that Um, is really, really nice. My company, so I'm the director of pelvic health for my larger company, and we're actually nationwide. So we have pelvic PTs across the country. Um, So if you go to conciergephysicaltherapist.com, you can find, we don't have 
every state yet, but eventually, hopefully we will. We have pelvic PTs in DC and in Denver and in Ohio. You know, we've got people all over the place. So if you can't find a PT through us and we all treat in home, so we all come to you and um, with pelvic PT, because it's so vulnerable, you know, it's, it's hard to say like my vagina is broken and I don't know what's happening to a random stranger. So when we come to you, then it just makes it a lot more comfortable and people feel so much safer in their homes and we're able to see you for less visits. There's just so much more progress that happens more quickly. Um, but if you can't find one of us, then you can go to pelvicrehab.com and you can search any area and you can see lists of pelvic PTs with bios and pictures of them and their experience and their courses that they've taken. So there's so, you know, there's not enough of us yet. You know, there just is so much pelvic health care that has completely fallen off for people. And I treat people in their 60s and 70s who are still peeing when they had their baby at 25. Mm. And that's crazy and it sucks and it shouldn't be that way. So be preventative think about your pelvic floor, understand that it can change so many aspects of your life. It's not just sex. It's not just bowel. It's not just bladder. It's everything. It's your quality of life. And um, that can just make such a difference. And then also know that if you can't find somebody that there's a lot of free information on Instagram and social media. So my Instagram is PT, And um, I do videos about how to poop and like some sex positions and like how to sleep and how to hold your baby right and all the things. Um, and I'm not the only one. I am the least talented pelvic PT on Instagram. So there's a lot of other people out there. So if you go to who I follow, you can see lots of really, really cool information. Mm -hmm. So lots of free stuff out there. So just, you know, search hashtag pelvic health, hashtag pelvic floor physical therapy, all that stuff will get you a lot of really cool people sharing some really cool stuff. And where are you located? That's Portland. I'm right? in Portland, Portland Oregon. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I also, I also treat in Vancouver, Washington as well. Um, so I just kind of do all PDX Metro. And then, um, like I said, we just have PTs all over the place and we're constantly adding. Um, so we just got a new PT in Miami. So there's lots of places where you can find really quality care. If you're looking for a pelvic PT, number one, make sure they're seeing you for a full hour. Make sure that you're the only, like you're going to see the same PT the whole time. You don't want to be switching with different providers. That's super weird. Um, and then make sure that they are able to really assess your whole body. If they only treat your pelvic floor and they don't look at your feet and your neck and your torso and your butt and like all the other pieces then they're probably not doing the best for you. I would just say, if you aren't better in three to five sessions, find a new pelvic PT or find me on Instagram and I'll help you find one. Amen. That's why it's important that. to know your shit. No ah, yeah. yeah, it's a good one, Chip. <laughs> Thanks. In more ways than one. In all the ways. Well, thank you, Dr. Meredith Brzezinski for sharing Mayor. all of this. Yeah, This was incredible, not only for the folks that have asked me about some of the things that you were speaking to, but for future, my future self, the future people out there that may or may not be affected. I think anyone in their lifetime may feel some pelvic floor shifts and whether or not you're aware now you have some additional tools and, and, and places to go and some thumbs to stick up your butt. If you want to trim nails, and, Uber trim your nails. <laughs> and I just want to say thank you for sharing all of that with us. And uh, we hope thank to you for having you. me. 
Yeah. Yes. And yeah. she's in Maui, everyone. So yeah. share. Currently on, yes. yeah, <laughs> she's on holiday in Maui, but Currently thank you. Vacation. Oh uh, yeah. Enjoy your vacation and Thank hopefully you. you brought some, Oh, you did bring your Uber lube. You showed us. So got, enjoy yeah, with your Uber partner. Lube. I've got all the things. <laughs> Never travels, never go anywhere without Uber lube. Everyone yes. ever, exactly. especially when you're in Maui with, if there's humidity, you can use it oh, for, for the hair, hair. frizzies. Yes. This oh, is yeah. not even a commercial for that, but I brought it for that. Just for that. I was not even, I was that. solo <laughs> and it was, I was not going to have sex with anyone. And I brought it for my skin and my hair. So boom. Yeah. Thank you. It's, Five it's birds, great. one stone, not a great analogy because that's about death, but that's okay. Moving on. Let's okay. close this one out. Well, we are closing this with saying aloha to you, Meredith, and to all aloha. of our beautiful listeners, wherever you are in the world, in the States and Canada, wherever you're coming from. We love you. And I want to invite you right now. If just review us on iTunes, five stars. We love, we read every single review, every single one we read. And if it's bad, Amy reads it. And then she sort of a uh, has to, so don't make it give us a bad one. That's the point. Cause I cry. I, do leave, <laughs> I lose sleep over it. I, I can I handle help it, everyone. but I'm like, Chip, what kind of mood are you in before I I'm share like, this I don't with you? Well, it. no, if you give us a bad one, which we're not saying to do it, but we'll, we do, we'll do a funny thing on Instagram. Where we'll kind of make fun of no, your bad don't do it. Don't, don't do, do it. it. Only five stars. So coming back to the invitation, it's a really simple process and it just helps more people in the world. All it does is help people find more folks that are experts like Dr. Meredith Brzezinski and all of the beautiful humans that are on the show as the experts out there to help save the human world one pelvic floor at a time. All right, y'all. We will see you next Tuesday for another episode of Shameless Sex. Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.